Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin. As most of you out there should know, and if you don't know, shame on you. Uh, 2017, next year, will be the 500th anniversary of Luther's nailing of the 95 Theses to the castle door in Wittenberg. Ironically, of course, the nailing of the 95 Theses was in and of itself neither an exceptional thing. He was merely calling for a debate to explore uh, the church's teaching on indulgences. Nor was it the most important thing that Luther did. Luther did a whole lot of other stuff that was of much more vital significance to the Reformation. And perhaps central to that is, of course, the translation of the Bible into the German language, a translation which helped found the modern German language. Luther starts the project in 1521, when after the Diet of Worms, he's whisked away, kidnapped by his own men to the Wartburg Castle, high above the town of Eisenach in modern-day Germany. And squirreled away there in his study, he begins to translate the New Testament. The completion of the Old and New Testament translations occurred in 1534. Luther, though, continued to work revising his Bible translation almost to the point of his death. And it's a real delight, therefore, that the publisher Hendrickson's have produced a facsimile of the magnificent 1545 edition of the Luther Bible. And... Today on Mortification of Spin, we want to talk about this facsimile, we want to talk about the significance of Bible translation, and we want to celebrate the great contribution that Dr. Martin made to world Christianity. Todd, well, the first you thing, don't read much, but I don't, this, this Bible has pictures. This, you like them. I love this work because it has Todd's pictures. Bible. I've been standing up in front of my children trying to kind of phonetically sound out the German words, and when I can't quite do it, I just make it up. You have a lot of ach and ach in it. Um, in fact, Carl, I almost swooned when you said Eisenach. Um, it was, uh, it was deeply moving. Women, Uh, women go hysterical when I say Mesopotamia. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm a modern day George Whitfield. When I say Mesopotamia, uh, people go crazy. Um, but I, yeah, I, I do, I do like the pictures. Actually, you can make fun of me about the pictures all you like, but we the pictures will. are actually quite they instructive because really? they say so much about, um, what, what Luther's thoughts were about the medieval church at that time. And I'm, I'm trying to find the picture where it has, um, Satan excreting the Pope, but I, I don't know if I've found that quite yet. But, um, Carl, what, what do these, what do some of these, uh, plates, uh, tell us about Luther's uh, attitude towards the, 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 the Church of Rome at this point? <laughs> well, first of all, it's important to remember that the literacy rates were pretty low in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. They would rise partly as a result of Protestantism being mm-hmm. religion of the book. Mm-hmm. But most people would have got their view of the Bible either from hearing read or preached or from looking at the pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Reformation, in some sense, is won at the popular level by pamphlets with woodcuts. So the pictures in the Luther Bible are very important, and there's a one of my favorites is actually uh, from First Samuel five and six in the Bible, where the Philistine priests of Dagon mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. are looking at the, the statue of Dagon that's fallen down in the temple and his head and hands have rolled off. And the head priest is clearly dressed as a Roman bishop. Right. Uh, it's fantastically propagandistic. <laughs> you could be utterly ignorant of the mm-hmm. story, but you look at that picture and it's obviously a temple of idolatry and it's obviously a Roman person, mm-hmm. a Roman bishop uh, who's heading up the priest of Dagon, sending a clear message right. about the Church of Rome, even if you can't read. So the, the illustrations, the woodcuts, not only are fascinating pieces of art, but would have been primary didactic part mm-hmm. of the Bible for many of those who have looked at it. Well, well, let me ask you this, Carl. If uh, if if you were producing an illustrated Bible like yeah. this, and you were wanting yeah. to illustrate that very yeah. event, um, who would you portray the priests of Dagon as? Um, probably PCA pastors, I would imagine. <laughs> you know, that's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, you and Liam. And, uh, as, uh, uh, okay, well, fair enough. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. You know, when I got this in the mail... It was like a major award, you know. I felt mm-hmm. like Ralphie's dad on the Christmas store. Yes, put it up in the Fragile, window. Fragile, you know, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this? And I open it up, and it's like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, all the lights come on. Yeah. And I open it up, and I hold it in my hands, and it's, it's so substantial and, mm-hmm. and big and, and beautiful. Are you, are you talking about the Bible or my last book that I said? Oh, yes. Carl. <laughs> anyway, it really made me think about the reception that it had the very first time it was printed. And what an, a privilege it is just to be holding the word of God. And it reminded me of a quote that Spurgeon said once, you know, just how we all take our Bibles for granted and how, you know, you guys have enough Bibles in your house and they're collecting enough dust to where you could write the word damnation with your finger <laughs> across yes. the cover of it. And, um, you know, just what a, a privilege it is to have scripture written in mm-hmm. your language and then the impact it had on the whole world and then on the, even the german language itself right it, it's really a piece of history mm. yeah that we're holding here yeah. yeah just looking at another of the pictures this from the book of revelation uh it's revelation 10 and the the beast is wearing the the triple crown mm-hmm. so the beast is the pope there right. it's 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 very very obvious uh what's going on yeah uh carl why would why was it such a remarkable controversial thing for Luther to push for a Bible in the German language? Well, the interesting thing there is it's not actually that controversial. See, that's German. what I meant to say. Yeah. Why wasn't it that controversial? English Bible translations were controversial because Wycliffe's followers in the late 14th, early 15th century had translated, produced, I think, two translations of the Bible from the Vulgate that were very closely linked to to Lollardy, the sort of radical mm-hmm. proto-Protestant movement. In fact, in Germany, I think the first German Bible was the Mentel Bible of 1466, I think. 1466, so, maybe 67, but yes. But Germany did have a tradition of Bible translation. Okay. So okay. the actual putting of the Bible into the vernacular was not Controversial in itself. What was controversial about the Luther Bible was, of course, none of the illustrations, mm-hmm. which were clearly polemical. But also, he would add little bits, justified by faith alone. He would add, the, he added the word <laughs> align into that text. So there were, as with all translations, there was a certain amount of interpretation going on right. in the translation itself. Right. I wonder what he did with Genesis 3.16. Yeah. Could you I, read that for us in the German for vernacular? Uh, I think I'm going to plead the Fifth Amendment on that one. I'm staying well out of this. Uh, Crossway have been very kind. To me, so. No, but seriously, 
We should have Carl read something. No, Ooh. my German accent's terrible. Come on. Oh, no, no, on. no. Like, we're no, going to no, know the difference. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, I can hear, I can hear already the, the, the people on the other end of these microphones pleading. I mean, I have it in my when notes. People Get like Carl read, to read some German. Yes. <laughs> when people like me read German, they invade Czechoslovakia. So we don't want to do that. So, so. <laughs> Another interesting aspect of this. <laughs> moving, moving right along. Moving right along is uh, um, the inclusion of the Apocrypha. Uh, the Old Testament Apocrypha is included. That's a reminder, of course, that even in the 16th century, the canon, the whole idea of the canon in the Middle Ages was interesting. There was all kinds of weird stuff occasionally bound in with Bibles mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages. Uh, and, you know, Luther, on the one hand, he's, he's very suspicious of the book of James. On the other hand, in his works, he'll quote Maccabees. Mm-hmm. So Luther works with what we would now see as a, as a, a little bit more flexible view of the canon. Mm-hmm. And in the New Testament, of course, he includes the book of James, but the book of James is included along with the book of Hebrews and Revelation in a kind of annexed section at the end. So Hmm. you can, as you look at the Bible, you can see the the struggles that are going on within Luther's own mind and within Lutheranism over the the Hmm. precise nature and limits of the biblical canon. Now, is, is Katie's recipe for beer? Included somewhere in the in the notes, it should be. It, it ought to be because it helped. It helped Martin. It did. It gave him <laughs> nearly multiple bowel movements before lunchtime. According <laughs> his, to I knew his, how his can we not letter. talk about Martin Luther without talking about beer and bowel movements I, every single time? Well, I I think that's I think that's to be included in a conversation with boys. about that's the whole problem. Well, that that I mean, those two topics come up anytime you're talking about Germans, isn't that right? Though, <laughs> so, but also think about the theology that underlies this. Although we've said that. Bible translations existed in the Middle Ages. Uh, I think we we also need to realize that the Bible functions differently in Protestantism, that it's the Bible read mm-hmm. and the Bible especially preached mm-hmm. that is the means by which God is present with his people. Yeah. And that's what makes Bible translation so important and central to the Reformation in a way that it wasn't before. Right. Well, we're thankful to the good folks at uh, Hendrickson for producing such a great work. It is a work of historical significance and so glad for this uh, facsimile that they've produced. If you have a chance to get it, you will be looking at a window into history. You'll be looking at a reminder of God's gracious providence towards his people to preserve his word. And it's simply a beautiful, uh, beautiful work. So we're thankful for that. Absolutely great gift idea for your book nerd um, in your life. And we are out there. Uh, so thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of Mortification of Spin. Please keep in mind that we are a listener-supported podcast, and if you'd like to check out our website, mortificationofspin.org, uh, you can see uh, other resources there, as well as uh, perhaps uh, an idea for how you might support uh, this podcast. Look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org. 
where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... That word adult is such a heavy word now, I think. And even I was confused as a married woman. Am I an adult when I start having kids? I mean, I had my own business. Um, A dog can become an adult dog much quicker because being an adult dog is a relatively simple thing (laughs) compared to to, to what being an adult human being is. But the point is now is that you can be fully gratified um, uh, sexually, so to speak, uh, without any of the adult responsibilities of that. That interview is next time. Join us then. You haven't. I mean, you're the one who gets all excited about pictures. Well, I did. <laughs> yeah, and I have spent some time going through the Bible, the graphic novel. I don't. I don't. Crossway will do it next. They can sell it. There'll be a graphic novel Bible coming out. Multi-volume. <laughs>